listening to Traveling Down the Delta Blues Highway. I'm Erin Scott, otherwise known as Audio Chick. This podcast is about the blues history, music, and people, and of course, traveling the Delta from Tunica to Vicksburg. You can find me and where you listen to your podcast at audiochick.net. That's chick without the K. Now, let's get on the road. Well, I'm, I'm approximately um, about a mile from Clausdale. Uh, well, it was a uh, the business was the building actually was, was built back in the, um, I guess they say around the seventies or something, but it, it was vacant, so that's how I ended up out here. Um, I saw an opportunity and I went in it. When I graduated from um, school, I decided to, I always, you know, wanted to be my own boss. Um, I worked while I was in school and everything, and so I saw the opportunity, you know, to to, to do something, and, and I kind of put things together in perspective. And 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 after, you know, seeing this building, I said, you know, this probably be a good opportunity. So I started, and and and, and here I am now, <laughs> still going. What an entrepreneur Mr. Kanoi Theroux is. Not only has he taken advantage of the location to feed local farmers, but college students as well. The night I walked in, I was taken aback by a shirt business on one side and the kitchen and takeout and dine-in on the other. Yes, I, 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 I do a lot of, um, you know, shirts and, and everything during the, the spring months the summer, you know, months, and uh, I do a cooking year-round mostly, but I do the shirts, but the, the, the it picks up a lot more um, during the spring and the summers, months. Yeah. When I asked the Tourist Center about research I was doing on repurposed gas station food, they sent me out to Kanoi's. One of the ladies lit up saying it was the best burger. Keep driving. The night we drove out, it was dark until the old gas station canopy lit up like a mecca. You walk in, on the walls, it says Home of the Famous, and I can't argue. Oh, uh, yes. I get that all the time. I I get a lot of, um, I didn't have a few uh, athletes, um, major league players, um, uh, pitchers from Boston. Um, I had, um, couple um NFL players and, and, and I mean and, and they just sent me um like photos with best burgers in this, in, in Mississippi, you know, they didn't have. So I I've been I've been here twenty years plus and and I mean that speaks for itself. Oh yeah. Home of the two fifty burger. And, and tell them come on out and try one of the famous two fifty burger in Tahoma County, Mississippi. About maybe a mile out from Clarksdale North, um, half a mile from the community college, uh, Cahoma Community College, and and uh, and we appreciate it. Yeah. Now that you've had your meal, let's come back into Clarksdale and talk to Robin Colonas, owner of the Roxy Theater. It's a unique venue because it's an old movie theater converted into a roofless sound stage and venue. I first asked her about her experiences as a new local and her time at Canoy's. As I shared more about how I drove and drove, and a man came in and said, 
you really won't be disappointed. I don't know what Mr. Theroux does, but it is a really good burger. Have you ever been there at night or do you just go during the day? Um, I've been by there in the evening, certain times a year. Um, I generally speaking, don't go out that way very often um, because it is kind of out to the country um, or to Friars Point and I don't don't go there on a daily basis. But um, it is definitely you're out in the dark and there's nothing around and and then there is some light. <laughs> now, you've told me in the past, because we had a conversation in the past, that there is the best burger, but there is other things on the menu. And not only have you had the burger, you have other things on the menu. So tell me about what else on the menu you have. Sure. Um, my favorite thing is, I mean, the burger is great, but my favorite thing that he does is the fried pork chop sandwich, which is um, just a, a fabulously fried pork chop and a piece of white bread. And usually I think you could put hot sauce or ketchup on it. But um, that's uh, my favorite thing to get there. And occasionally I like to get the gizzards also, which is um, good fried gas station food. Well, that sounds like a Delta thing, maybe, cause, <laughs> or more Southern, because I'm not a big frog legs person either. Or one time in Clarksdale, I was offered gator, and I didn't know about that either, and I was a little nervous about gator even trying that. So, interesting about gizzards. Yes, I would. Yeah, I was uh, not a fan before I came and started living in the South. But um, once you find a good one and you've had a good one, then you sort of um, acquire a taste. He also has, I believe, fried livers on his menu, but I have never tried those. Um, but it's on my list. <laughs> it's just for me, it's kind of a special. It's like, oh, you know, we're going someplace, you know, let's let's stop, stop and get a burger. Or it might be like it feels like an adventure to go out. Oh, let's go get a burger. And even though it's only a couple of miles from town, it, it feels like an adventure out into the country for a bit to get away from town, even if it's just for a little bit. So, Sounds good. Tell me about, you told me you've moved to Clarksdale, like many, and you're downtown. Give me a little bit of your history. Um, I came to Clarksdale. I ended up here as a classic blues tourist. I was coming to the state of Mississippi with the blues guidebook and looking to see music in the place that it was created and um, then fell in love with the people in Clarksdale and just kind of the scene here and I've been here since I've uh, been coming here since 2002 and um, came from Seattle and I am a merchant marine so I am gone for a lot of the year still so um, I, I don't spend all of my time in the south because I have to go away to work but otherwise, this is where my cookbooks live. I was kind of between the West Coast and the South for, for quite a few years. And um, when I moved my cookbooks here, it kind of felt like the, the shift of, of home was more here, even though I do still go back and forth. All right. Yes, I'll give you that because okay. <laughs> I have seen, yes, women like, ooh, I found an old cookbook and this and that. And I have been a vagabond. People may hear this on other podcasts of where I've been all over the United States and I've had to downsize and get rid of so many books. And it's yeah. not just the weight, it's 
going into smaller spaces. Yeah, I've seen other women and their collection is just amazing, but it's also like, when are you going to use them? Is it about yeah. research or is it about, are you actually going to cook that? Who fries anymore? You know, are you going to go Everybody out? in the South. <laughs> Or are you going to go out to like Kanoi's and get your gizzards or, you know, your frog legs or what are you going to do? Or, yeah, so. (laughs) You moved here in what year? Um, I bought property here in 2005 and I would say it was around 2014 when I like moved my cookbooks. (laughs) (laughs) I was back and forth um, between Mississippi and the West Coast for all of that time. But so it's been almost 20 years that I've been here, I guess 18 years that I've been coming and living in Clarksdale. When did you buy property? Because we were going to talk about the Roxy, because that is somewhat your handle or whatnot. Yeah, the the new Roxy, yeah. (laughs) I bought property in 2005 on what is um, one of the original crossroads, even though it's kind of a, um, a Hollywood legend or an urban legend about the crossroads. But um, I did buy a building on the original crossroads of Highway 49 and 61. And while I was working on that, um, the new Roxy Theater was across the street and kind of kept looking at it. And it one day had a for sale sign on it and was not thinking of buying any more property that needed a new roof because I already had my hands full, but ended up acquiring the new Roxy with a partner. And over the years, I've had a couple of partners, but um, have been working to restore and stabilize the new Roxy and give it some kind of useful purpose in the community. And I know the Roxy is definitely, you have a lot of festivals, so the Roxy is very important during these festivals. So it's yes, we uh, we are a stage during the Jute Joint Festival in April. Um, we're a stage and and co-sponsor the Deep Blues Festival in October, um, and then when we can and when we're able, the Clarksdale Film Festival we've worked as a stage for and and other events whenever we can. We we try to open. It sounds like a lot of fun, but also a lot of work. Maybe <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> the work fun ratio has kind of shifted a little bit, and. Um, but um, yeah, it is it is a passion, and I get a great deal of joy out of it. I really enjoy going to Clarksdale. I mean, I definitely go by the Visit Clarksdale Center. I go by the Canoe Place. I go by um, definitely places to see. I go by places to eat. I stay at the Five and Dime and other venues. What would you say about Visit Clarksdale in the now 20 years that have changed? Or what would you say about the downtown Clarksdale and things that have moved forward or whatnot? Sure. It's... um. Clarksdale is the same as it was 20 years ago in many ways. In its charming small town way, it is still very much the same. Um, But on the other hand, it has also grown and prospered um, on a certain level. And I use prosper 
maybe that's not the correct word. Um, Clarksdale has has grown and survived. Um, it has spawned a number of small businesses and entrepreneurs that have come here and they're not getting rich, but they're creating some jobs. They have, for like myself, um, kept a building from being empty. And the longer a building is empty, the quicker it falls down and ends up in disrepair. So um, we have a lot more businesses that are open now. When I first started coming, um, there were very few things open on Delta Avenue downtown. Like you would be downtown at night and there would be no cars there at all after the, the you know, seven o'clock at night. And now we have live music seven nights a week or we did before the pandemic. Um, so it's, it's not quite the same now. We are broadcasting seven nights a week, but the idea that we have live music, live blues music in this little small town every night um, is a pretty big accomplishment um, to be able to sustain that and continue forward. We've had the local musicians that are from here. And then we also have had a number of musicians that have moved here and been inspired by the culture and that. So, so, town is looking better we've had a couple of um street art festivals that have brought some really amazing murals and art to the downtown community that give it a, a fresher look but there isn't by any means we haven't lost our edgy rusty charm definitely and even <laughs> speaking with baba o'keefe with visit clarksdale he said that that they have a charm. Visit Clarksdale and Clarksdale has a charm. You're going to have still the small town feel, but you're going to come for a certain, a certain it's thing. It's authentic here. Yes. It's, it's still very authentic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And people come for that. And so I do like that and that you're going to see people like you saw. You went to Red's last juke yeah. joint per se and... You went last night, and then after maybe a hard night, and you're maybe hungover, you go to a cafe the next morning, and you're like, hey, I saw you last night. Yes. It doesn't take long to be a local and know everybody in town. Is there any other thing you want to say? Sure. The New Roxy was built in the late 40s. It was built as a movie theater. Um, it was in the New World District of Clarksdale, or is in the New World District, which is the historic, primarily... Um, African-American part of town. Um, the businesses were owned in that area primarily by the Chinese, Lebanese, um, Jewish merchants. And then all of the stores and businesses on this part of town is, are where the African-American people came to shop. In the other side of town was, was where the white people shopped. It was a segregated theater. They operated until the early 80s. Um, the theater had some different owners and different operators over the years. Um, in the 70s, they showed a lot of black exploitation films um, and and sort of things. But it was in the heart of what was the big booming part of town. It was never a music venue, but Ike Turner worked there as a teenager selling popcorn at the theater. And they say that Muddy Waters played the grand opening in the late 40s, but it was always a movie theater and not a music venue or um, a place where there was live music. It has a great feel for it in the inside. It just feels like good energy in a certain way. You go inside and it just, 
it was always people would come in and, and I loved hearing the stories of local people that would come and talk about going on their first date there or the movies that they used to see when they were kids. And so wanting to preserve that history and the memory of that and not just let the building fall down um, is kind of how I started. So did you not have to do any reno? It's still just the walls are okay that are still there? Um, No, there's a lot of renovation and we didn't do it as a full restoration, but basically I tried to stabilize the building. So we had to pull down the roof that was rotten and the metal roof joists were still in place. And we rebuilt a roof on top of that so that the stage is covered and the first half that used to be the lobby um, does have a roof on it. We had to re-tuck point the brick walls and and do a lot there, you know, to stabilize it and make sure that the building will continue. Um, we re- rebuilt the marquee and stabilized the marquee so that it, you know, wouldn't just eventually fall off the front of the building. So um, it, it's not a full restoration, but it's been um, uh, a renovation. <laughs> it works. It works. It's, it's still ongoing. <laughs> Yeah, and it's different. I mean, it's different from then going to Reds every night, which can be interesting, I'll say. (laughs) It's a small space, so it's good to have somewhere else to branch out to and that can accommodate more people in the community, so. Who do you book? I mean, do you book are the festivals? How does this work with putting people into your place? Each festival can be a little different. Like for Jute Joint Festival, that's a a nonprofit um, organization that puts on the festival and they book all of the music for the days that are official Jute Joint Festival days. Um, We've kind of taken it and Jute Joint Festival itself is officially a one day festival. And then there are official related events the two days before And then it kind of each year has grown to the point where there is like it's a whole week long thing. Some people come and stay for a week or more. So like earlier in the week, I would book music on Wednesdays and Thursdays and then Jute Joint Festival will book things certain nights. Um, For Deep Blues Festival, I do all my own booking. Um, That's a festival that I help put on um, with my business partners. So that's, you know... Um, where I would get to do the lineup and choose that. Um, Sometimes we run out for private events and people hire whatever bands or entertainment that they're going to have. So the experience of owning and renovating the New Roxy has um, led me to learn some different skills about, you know, what it takes to book a music festival and negotiate with artists and um, advertise your space. And, uh, you know, from a business aspect, I have learned a lot of things. So... Yeah, it's a tr- transition, even. Yeah. Who would you say would you like to book the most? <laughs> right now? Who's on my, my biggest bucket list right now? Sure. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, um, I would love to have Fantastic Negrito play again. Um, he is an amazing artist out of Oakland, California, and, um, he played for a private party that was booked in town and he played my venue and it was amazing. And, um, I would love to have him come back again someday. Sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) 
I didn't want to scare you. <laughs> it's okay. You know, there's a long list, but um, I just went with what came out of my brain first. Because <laughs> I know um, I'm a big fan of things. And as a kid, I grew up with B.B. King, and that's come out in many podcasts. So even if people only pull up one podcast, they'll know my history as a child or we'll say high school. It was B.B. King, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and... Uh, Eric Clapton with B.B. King and U2 with B.B. King. And now, uh, since going to Reds, when Kingfish was just coming up and about when, you know, she was, he was probably 16, I was just blown away and all that. If the coronavirus and things calm down, I will see... uh, uh, Kingfish with Buddy Guy in Austin. So mm, fingers crossed yeah. that will happen. So, I think he's uh, that scheduled here in uh, Tunica. I'll serve mm-hmm. with Buddy Guy sometime next year. <laughs> well, I think y'all will get lucky. Mine's <laughs> a little earlier than that. So, <laughs> but yes, there are these things, and you know, I've missed out on some of these even other artists that it was their last time so you know I got to see um, a couple artists when it was their last show because I got to see B.B. King before his I got to see his last homecoming so that means a lot to me even before that and so things like that. And Indianola? Yes I did. I think I was at that same show. (laughs) It was hot as blazes, wasn't it? Yes, it it was. (laughs) Always is. (laughs) I was in the shade for a little bit. I was at Miss Trish's for a little bit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Having a cold beer at Miss Trish's. That's the only way to do it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything else you want to say to us today? I don't think so. I think that's good. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with me. All right. Thanks, Robin. I think we've had a really good talk. And again, visit Clarksdale and visit the Roxy when you can. And all those festivals are wonderful. And yes, we all love Clarksdale. And coming down the Blues Highway, Clarksdale is a place to stop. Yes, indeed. And uh, give us a shout when you're in town again, when we can move about the world. Exactly. Okay, thanks, Erin. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. This episode, we stopped by Canoys and talked to the Roxy. And yes, I did get to see Betty Guy and Kingfish and Tunica, like our conversation went. Hope my friend in Austin can share a memory like this sometime soon. Thank you for listening to Traveling Down the Delta Blues Highway. I'm Erin Scott, audio chick without the K. Thanks to Ray Lundy for our weekly music. Come on back and listen to the next gem.